All right. Tell me what is your favorite pastime besides for that you do for you besides for hanging out with your children, your yes. family, and all those things. I love the beach. And that's where I was yesterday, New Year's Day, wow. with my toes in the water. And it was <gasps> cold. Speak about energy. It was really cold. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was beautiful. I love the beach, any beach. I love that vista, that horizon. Yeah. Um, we went to Revere Beach yesterday. Okay. Where is which that? Which is close by. It's just north of Boston. Really? North of the airport. Okay. Yeah. I'm um, still learning my way around. You know, for a city beach, it's yeah. beautiful. Really? Yeah. yeah. And then the, there are further ones. Yeah. If you're a beach person, yeah. you go north to Crane Beach, which is beautiful, and Ipswich. Okay. Newburyport, Plum Island. Okay. You can go south to the Cape. Yes. Yeah, I we know. could talk beach like all day long. I could go through like all your, the beaches. That's your happy place, right? It's totally my your happy, happy place. place. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. All right. So today I have with me a very special guest. I have my friend, Deb Elbaum, who is a well, I'm going to call her a neuroscience coach, and she is a physician, former medical uh, writer, educator, and consultant who now really focuses on personal coaching um, and is in, in leadership. And so we had a really fascinating discussion about essentially how we get sort of stuck, how we, uh, you know, navigate uh essentially what we want to do with our lives, finding our purpose, finding our goals. And I think as women, this is particularly important since we do tend to be, well, we tend to be, well, we tend to put everyone else before us and not all of us, but there's a big tendency and there's also a big social sort of push to do that. So all right, Deb, I, instead of me introducing you, I want to let you introduce yourself and kind of tell us your story of how you kind of went from, you know, writing to um, taking some time to be a mom and to now really into doing leadership and coaching. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited to be here and talk with you, Heather. Thanks yeah. so much for inviting me. Absolutely. I, um, yeah, my story. We all have really interesting stories, don't we? So my story starts uh, probably when I was young. I always wanted to help people. And I was always fascinated by the brain and thinking and behavior. And originally, I thought I would help people by becoming a psychiatrist. Mm. I graduated from medical school and started my psychiatry training and I had also had my first child during that time and found it was really hard to balance. Really hard. Really hard tra doctor training with this adorable baby. I know. And so after a year of my training, I left. I, I stepped off that path. Um, and I was home for a few years with my family. And then I said, well, I need to do something. What do I do next? And I started a career doing medical writing. So taking my medical knowledge and writing to meet health literacy needs. So really explaining things in very simple, down-to-earth language that mm -hmm. people could understand. Mm -hmm. And it was fine, but not fulfilling, not purposeful. And I really deal in the currency of purpose. 
and yeah. meaning and fulfillment. And so a number of years ago, I thought, what do I do next? And so I networked with a lot of people and brainstormed. And I met this woman who was a coach. And the way she talked about coaching, it just excited me and lit me up. I said, oh, my God, that's what I want to do. And she said, well, then sign up for this training. I said, okay. And I did it. And it changed my life, oh. changed my life personally and now professionally. I love those aha moments where something mm-hmm. really does kind of help you on your path where you not only feel the best, but you it, you also motivate others to be their best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And when you find something that really excites you and feels so meaningful and purposeful with a huge impact, um, it's amazing. And we're so grateful. I feel like I'm so grateful for the career I have and for the work I get to do and the amazing women and clients that I get to meet and work with. Yeah. So this is a you know silly question, but how is it that so many of us get to the point where we say, I'm not on the path where I feel like I wake up every day excited about my life. How do we get stuck? What are some of the <laughs> yeah. reasons you you might think people get stuck so they can kind of um, see if that's them? Yeah. It's a great question. How do we get stuck? I think there are a few different things that come to mind. So one is just life. We, we have res- a lot of responsibilities. We have a lot of expectations. We have priorities. Um, we need to make money. We need to maybe raise a family to take care of other people. And so we often fast forward. We don't often stop to think, is this really what I want to be doing? Or is this really the best and highest use of my, of my strengths and my skills? Um, so I think external constraints is one thing that gets us stuck. And the other thing I'd say is we, we um, internally, we keep ourselves stuck because yeah. a lot of us have old stories, old mindsets, old beliefs. Well, I can't do that or I'm not of that or I don't know what to do. And mm-hmm. so often we're our own – we get in our way. Oh, yeah. I think it is so powerful when you start to retrain your brain mm-hmm. to say yes instead of no or I can't. Yeah. Retrain your brain. That's what I'm all about. It's all retraining your brain. I I always say to people, your brain can really help you as you figure out what you want to do or can get in your way. Because really, if you think about it, there's really only two main ways to approach anything in life, our job, our health, our relationship, our family. We can come at it from a place of negative thinking, from pessimism, from that stuck thinking, Or we can come at it from a place of positive thinking, of expansive, courageous, engaged, hopeful thinking. Yeah. Um, There's this great quote I read once called, whether you think you're right or you think you're wrong, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because our thoughts become reality. Yeah. What we think and feel drives what we say and do. Yeah. Yeah. So how does... so? We have thrown out the term. I started very quickly with the term yeah. neuroplasticity, um, or maybe I hadn't. Maybe I said uh, neuroscience. Yeah. Um, but so this is this is sort of introducing our listeners to this term of neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have you explain to them what is neuroplasticity. How can it be a tool or mm-hmm. a way to think about the tools that we can use? Yeah. Neuroplasticity is a really cool concept. Um, It's the ability of our brain to make new connections and new brain pathways throughout our lives. I think that 
for um, for many years, scientists thought that we could develop new brain pathways only until a certain age, and then we couldn't. And we now know that's not true. Good. Yeah. So regardless of your age, whatever age you are, you can make new connections in your brain, which means you can create new stories. You can shift mindsets, new thoughts, new behaviors, new patterns. Tell me if you can a story about um, someone who had an old story that kind of shifted that, um, shifted that perspective and kind of made a new story for themselves. Hmm. Um, I think about this client who I've been working with for a few years and she had this old story of needing to put others needs first. So she would say, yes, it would, her boundaries were not very clear. Mm -hmm. And so she'd say, yes, 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 yes. And it wouldn't always serve her. It didn't serve her mentally or physically. It really started affecting her health. And through our work together, she got really clear about what it is she wanted to say yes to, who she wanted to say yes to, and what she wanted to say no to. And so, for example, on a coaching session, she'll say, you know, I had this invitation for a party this weekend, and I really thought about it. Are these people I really want to see? Is this something I really want to go to? And she might say yes, or she might say no. The difference now is that instead of that reactive or reflective yes, 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 she pauses She's thoughtful. She asks herself, is this really important to me? And then she chooses intentionally and feels really good about her choice. Mm-hmm. So she feels more in control of her life a little bit. Yeah. And in purposefully in control. Definitely. I think it's all about feeling like you're making choices intentionally so that you do feel empowered. That you know, well, I'm creating my life in a way that really aligns with who I am and what I want. And in this particular story, how does that... How do you see that has improved her overall quality of life? Does she have time back? Does she have, you know, joy uh, back? How does it how has it improved her life? Yeah. Well, first of all, she's calmer because she doesn't have those yes, obsessive thoughts. thoughts. Should I, should I, should I, should I, should, what are they thinking of me? We've gotten rid of those That's thoughts. That's great. That's incredible. It's incredible. I, I'm sure that took up so much of her day. <laughs> Just thinking about and we all do that, right? We all think all the time, all these thoughts in our head are taking up time. The shoulds, Energy, right? yes. Oh, those shoulds. Yes. Yeah. And then also she did have more time to do fun things like um, uh, redo her bathroom, which was really fun for her and get involved in some hobbies and and explore other. So she also decided that she might want to explore other careers. So it gave her some time and impetus to think, well, really, what do I want to be doing if I if I can say yes to whatever I want? What might that look like professionally? That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So that's a really great example. So then that neuroplasticity is sort of changing that mindset of I must or I should to I can choose and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Am I yeah. Right? I can choose and more than it's okay, I get to. Yeah. I matter what I, yeah. yeah. I have agency. And I'll say, you know, this example is very much, I'll say, about life. Um, and then I do work with people at companies to build, to use neuroplasticity, to lean into neuroplasticity, to build new leadership behaviors or new um, professional behaviors like communication. So sometimes people come to me because they feel like they're not confident when they speak. Mm-hmm. And so we work on the confidence and the speaking up and the letting their voice be heard mm-hmm. at work, which is incredibly powerful. It's so powerful. So when do you think women start to uh, notice that they have been stuck? Is it 
you know, a particular time or do you kind of see like a wide range? I think that um, I do see a range and there's, we can get stuck at any times in our lives. And I do think it can happen when we've been doing something professionally for a while. Maybe we feel like we're in a rut or, mm -hmm. Um, or maybe circumstances uh, like, children have gone off or bigger and don't need us as much or have gone off to college. Uh, sometimes life changes, sometimes divorce, sometimes illness. So things like that. You know, one of the things that you, we were talking about before we started airing was about people, people working so, so hard and sort of feeling like maybe they're overworked or they're burned out and kind of trying to relearn how hard should they work? What should their goals be? Do you see a lot of, do you have a lot of clients where you help them, you know, maybe work uh, smarter, not harder, or, you know, um, maybe work on a, prioritize? Um, how often do you see that and how much does that affect people's lives? Yeah. Oh gosh, people are so busy. Pretty much all my clients say, I just want more hours in the day. I have so much to do, so much on my to-do list. Um, and so absolutely, that's something I help people with. I think that there are a few different things I think about is one is um, visualizing, getting clear what you want in this world. This is this is your one life. This is your one opportunity. No one else cares about you as much as, as you hopefully care about yourself. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a lot of the work starts with, well, what do I really want? What matters to me? What are my strengths? What are my values? What's the impact I want to have? And once people are really clear about that, they're clear about their priorities, then they know where to direct their energy. And often it's easier to let go of those tasks or to-dos or things that maybe suck up your energy in a way that's not really helpful. Do you think that it people don't take the time to sort of think about their goals or do you think they just get lost in the shuffle? Mm. I think also that word goal can be really scary for some people. Say, what's your goal? Like, I don't, I don't know. know. My goal is for 2020. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really important when you think about what you want to give yourself permission to dream. Just to imagine, well, what would it look like if I could achieve what I wanted this year, if I could meet who I wanted this year, what would that look like? So we need to, um, often we define what we want by what we don't want. A lot of my clients say, well, I don't want this. I don't want that. Or I don't want this. And I say, well, what do you want? And that's a really hard question for people Mm -hmm. sometimes. So we start with the dreaming, the imagining, the visioning. And then I'm a real big believer in baby steps. I believe Mm -hmm. that baby steps lead to big changes over time. Mm -hmm. And so with my clients, we craft action plans that involve lots of really little baby steps. Maybe take a class. Maybe talk to one person. Maybe search one thing on the internet of something they're wanting to to explore. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's sort of where the role of visualization kind of comes to play? Like visualizing, um, putting that energy out into the world? How do you think those play a role in even just those small baby steps? Yeah, visualization is so important. It's interesting if you look at studies of the brain that they showed that people who just imagined playing the piano, practicing the piano, Um, And they compared them to people who actually play the piano. And the brain lights up in both cases. Mm -hmm. So our brain can't tell if something is real or if we're just imagining it. Mm -hmm. It's so important to think and to imagine what 
what, how we want to be and what our life could look like. So it's visualizing and, th- and then it's doing something about it. Mm-hmm. So you have a plan and then you mm-hmm. go do something. I'm a big believer in action, yeah. taking action and then learning from it. Yeah. I always say to my clients, it's about doing something and then coming back and saying, well, here's what I learned. Here's where I want to go next. It's yeah. about baby steps that build on each other. Yeah. I personally like to journal and I will sort of journal my goals and and my dreams and as I'm doing that I'm kind of visualizing Mm -hmm. and so it's so cool like what what I find really fascinating or almost like proof that this neuroplasticity of this visualization works is that when I'm really good at doing that I'll go back and read you know last years Mm -hmm. and I'm like wow like I really either I'm like very motivated or, you know, but I achieved all those things. And, and obviously, mm-hmm. I'm a motivated human. Um, and sometimes it's annoying. But I, I think that the process of visualization of feeling like that you can get that job, or you you see yourself at that job, or you see yourself, you know, where you want to be like, really, really makes a huge impact. Mm-hmm. There is a great book about visualization and uh, and the neuroscience of our brains called The Source by Tara Swart, which I'm reading and I'm really enjoying. Mm-hmm. So it's what we're talking about mm-hmm. um, in a book, in a, in, a, in a guided experience. Oh, cool. So yeah. what do you say for the client um, who says, because um, one of the biggest things I think people don't change their trajectory is, I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. So how do you refocus and retrain them when they get stuck? Even if you say, you know, I want you to make time to meet this one person in this industry or read this book and they just say, you know, oh, Deb, like I don't have any time. I don't have time to do this. How do you, how do you coach them through, you know, time? Yeah. Well, that's where that mindset comes back, right? Because if you're approaching your life like, oh, from that place, you're probably not going to make changes, honestly. That it really takes that mindset of, well, what could I try? That's stepping into courage and engagement. Say, well, what's one small thing I can try this week? Or what's one small thing I can try this month? So I always say to my clients, I can't work harder than you. I can't make you do anything. That people have to be excited. They have to, or at least be curious Mm -hmm. about what's possible Mm -hmm. for them. Um, So again, I break it down into micro nano baby steps. Well, things that are five seconds, 10 seconds, one minute. So absolutely it can fit into your life if you're motivated yeah if, if you want it if yeah. you don't want it that's a whole other <laughs> that's a whole thing. other conversation I imagine if they're coming to you to hire you they might be already they motivated do. but you know for for I'm interested in sort of this pre-contemplative part so for the listeners for some of you listening in thinking you know there's something in your life you've wanted to change or there's something that you feel you're destined to do but you're just really in this rut you know this is for you too um so what about those people in that pre-contemplative phase who maybe feel stuck but they're not yet motivated let's go even like deeper mm-hmm. um what you know simple you know tips might you have for the listener who isn't quite ready to hire a coach, but really feels that something's not right in their life? Mm. I think your suggestion of the journaling is a really great one to ask yourself a few questions. So maybe a question of what, what specific parts of my life are going really well? Maybe to list them out, what 10 to 20 things are going great What do I want to continue? And then very specifically, what pieces of my life um, need some shifting? 
mm-hmm. tweaking, shining, polishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to start with that awareness and that reflection. And then that will off. And then I guess the second question would be, well, what's one piece I might start with? So for example, maybe you look at your house and your physical environment and you say, well, you know what? I really need to do something here. Maybe some more color, maybe some more inspiration. So then you start with that and then you find a little color. You find a little inspiration against those baby, baby, baby steps. You like, yes, you believe in those little steps. I, I like it. <laughs> because sometimes I think, you know, um, you wake up and say, I want to, you know, start a podcast. And then, you know, that's it's a lot of steps to get there. And the, the 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 rate of failure, if you get frustrated, if you can't do it in two hours, is high. So, you know, thinking, listening to some podcasts, um, thinking about what you want to talk about, watching a video on how to, you know, what microphone to buy. Mm-hmm. Baby steps. I like Baby that. Baby steps. Because I like to go zero to 100, yeah. which is <laughs> probably my own, my own problem. I, and it gets me in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And I think what you're alluding to is um, the idea of permission, that it's really important for us to give ourselves permission as we try new things, because a lot of us don't give ourselves permission. We don't give ourselves permission to fail or to say something stupid or to talk to someone we've never talked to before or to imagine a thought. So I'm big into that idea of permission with my clients. And a fun thing people can do is to print out, if I go online and print out a permission slip. Oh, and to love fill that. it out and say, well, a- as I figure out my next chapter, mm-hmm. what do I give myself permission around? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, to I dream, love To dream, to read, to imagine. Yeah. Giving yourself permission to fail is mm-hmm. so important. I think we are afraid to fail, and maybe mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons we're afraid to get out of our rut. Yes. You know, I can't, for anyone listening, I can't even tell you the enough amount of dumb things I've said on this microphone or, you know, times technology has failed me and I felt really frustrated or I felt like a failure. But I've grown leaps and bounds by failing, not by mm-hmm. succeeding. I've grown mm-hmm. leaps and bounds by failing. Yeah. Well, it's all what you take from it. So if you fail and you say, well, what do I want to do differently? Or what did I learn from it? Or how is this growing me? Um, that's what that's what, what grew you. Yeah. So women tend to be caregivers. And I think giving themselves permission to do something like this, maybe they feel selfish. Mm-hmm. So is, is this kind of thing like a, a selfish act or how I, I know you're going to kind of say no <laughs> but you know so when someone's having that thought how do you walk them away from it's not selfish to give yourself this time to journal to you know xyz yes one of my favorite sayings is self-care equals brain care because i, I always like bring it too. back to the brain because our brain again um, we want to think effectively about whatever it is. And in order to help our brains be their best, we have to take time for ourselves. We have to slow down. We have to focus. We need sleep. We need exercise. We need relationships and fun. All of those things help our brains be our best, Mm -hmm. be their best. And when our brains are their best, then you can think about your life in the most effective way. Mm. So self-care self-care is not selfish. Self-care equals brain care. I love that. And I've also started, I've been talking about this on my podcast, but I've also started some meditating. And I notice a huge difference when I do it versus when I don't. And I have to say I'm 
probably terrible at it. But even being terrible at it and being mindful for like five minutes just to hear your own thoughts kind of resets your brain. And so what is sort of the research on changing your mindset or that neuroplasticity concept and meditation? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great research out there that shows that meditation is really good for the brain. And in addition to meditation, I'll say gratitude. So research has shown that regular gratitude practices, practicing gratitude, um, also changes your brain for the better. And so just like you you were talking about practices people can try at home, um, people can try meditating again in really bite-sized ways. So set your phone for three minutes, your phone timer for three minutes, and just sit quietly. And just breathe. You'll have a lot of thoughts because we all have a lot of thoughts. Right. The goal is not to follow the thoughts. The goal is to always come back to your breath, come back to the anchoring thought. Yeah. So in addition to meditating, the gratitude practice. Do you do a gratitude practice? I do. In fact, small plug, episode... (laughs) Gee. um, It's um, with Natalie Dottillo. We did a whole episode on gratitude practice um, right before Thanksgiving. So I'll link that one to this as well because she talks all about um, how gratitude has this magical ability to sort of shift your perspective in a second. Just Mm -hmm. going from this is awful or I'm stuck or I have no purpose to, you know, feeling purposeful in one second just by giving gratitude. Yeah. So it's a great episode. And she is also, she's a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just wonderful to hear her talk. I'm kind yeah. of giving you the sound bite of it. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gratitude is incredibly powerful. And there's ways to do it with yourself or with your family. If you eat dinner with other people who you love, go around the table and say one thing you're grateful for every night. That's something we've tried to do in my life, yeah. in my family. Um, or yeah, write, teaching kids teaching early too, because yeah. I worry about the younger generation and just uh, the way their anxiety is and their mood, their mental health. So maybe mm-hmm. even just teaching your kids to say thank you at the dinner table, like that that nano step, right? Right. Yeah. Well, because it changes your outlook on the world. If you're scanning the world for what you're grateful for, it's a really different outlook on the world than if you're going through the world unaware yeah. or looking to all the things that piss you off. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> and and it, it cracks me up that finding three minutes to be silent is like so hard. It can feel really hard it can at feel times. really hard when you're not used yeah. to it. Yeah. And that's where you, uh, you might, maybe you'll have an accountability partner, maybe if you have a friend who wants to do that, you text each other and you decide when you're going to do this and you check in with each other. Yeah. So accountability is really important. Yeah. Talking, coming back to goals. If you want to achieve a goal, yeah. having a accountability or an accountability partner is crucial. Yeah. So is it ever too late? Is it ever too late to get out of your rut? You know, is there a point where you just say, all right, I just need to retire or I need to go on that vacation? You know, is it ever too late? No, it's never too late. There's always opportunity. I feel like it's never too late to be really clear about what's important to you and to put more energy toward that. And it's going to look different for different people. And I don't think it's ever too late for more calm or more happiness or more fulfillment in your life. Yeah, absolutely not. Who would be... um, in your in your you know professional opinion, who is a great person, um, or who is the ideal kind of 
client uh, or the person who's ready for a a coach? Mm-hmm. Who's re- who who is the ideal? When are you ready? Yeah, um, I do think people who find this interesting, who who have been thinking about goals for themselves and know they need some support along the way, or people who are just ready ready to live a little differently, to yeah. live more purposefully, more more happily. What do you say to people who say, "Ugh, I can't. This is too expensive. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I know the money. I can't." That negative. Yeah, mindset. yeah, yeah. Um, it's really up to people. So I'd say that it is an investment. I, I see coaching or any other work that you do for yourself as an investment of money mm-hmm. and time and resources. So it's really up to you about uh, to think about the benefits, the potential benefits of trying something mm-hmm. versus the cost of staying the same. Yeah. So if you stay the same, imagine it's 2021 and you haven't done anything. How are you going to feel? Yeah, exactly. Usually that feels pretty icky. And I think we also say I can't around our finances as well. Mm-hmm. I can't go to this course. I can't go to this, um, uh, you know, I, I can't do this thing. I can't get that help I need. Um, and if you just say I can, you can probably find the money. You can probably find the resources. Um, and you'll, you know, the benefits are just so rich that, you know, what is it that you need that money to get? You know, if you want a rich, fulfilling life, how how do you go about that? So I think the psychology of that too is also kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of ways to get help. Working with a coach one-on-one is only one way. There's lots of, there's groups. I do group coaching. Um, oh, there's courses cool. you can do. There's workshops. There's things online. There's books you can there's read. Books you can probably get on Amazon for like $2. Yeah. There's uh, free da- There's free downloads you can do on the internet. Yeah. So you can You're right. have you a little peer start. group with your friends or at work. Often where people work, there there's an opportunity that's a great to, that's um, a great thought to think that you can you can tear this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then the more interested you are, the more you invest in yourself and investing yourself is also I think back to that self-care and you know changing that mindset. Mm-hmm. It's all about changing the mindset. Yeah. Neuroplasticity, new brain pathways. Yeah. Well, um, as we kind of wrap up, anything else that you want to close with? Um, yeah. Well, this is so fun. Thank you. I love talking about this stuff. You I'll, are welcome. I'll say that I absolutely believe that change is possible. And, and so for anyone thinking about that and thinking that it might not be possible, I will hold for you that, that change is possible. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. How, if people want to, if people are in the Boston area, how can they find you? Yeah. I actually work all over the world. So no I work, way. I work virtually, yeah, by it's phone. It's way to go these days. By phone, by Skype, by Zoom. Wonderful. How can people we find you? People can reach me. I have a website, debelbaum.com. I'll link it below. Name. Yep. Okay. And, and then um, I'm going to spell it. It's D-E-B-E-L-B-A-U-M.com. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And then my email is deb at debelbaum.com. Easy. Yeah, that you got to make it ways easy. To find me. Well, thank you so much for coming and being on the show. Thank I you, think Heather. that for women in particular who tend to be caregivers for whom we really have this tendency to put other people first, um that can that can get us in situations where we may feel stuck. Not that this doesn't happen to men. I'm sure it totally does. It's just that I'm biased cuz I'm a woman too, right? And I think about women a lot. Um I think it's really important for our listeners and for 
for you listening in, if you, you know, feel like you want to achieve a goal that you keep telling yourselves you can't, you can. And uh, changing your mindset, it's as simple as that by, as Deb says, some baby steps, you know, starting to look into this, maybe starting with a, a book, a group, and then seeing where you can take it. Anything is possible. If I can do a podcast, you can do anything that you want. <laughs> All right. Well, we will sign off. So thank you guys. Um, and, uh, thank you for listening in. If you like this podcast, please give us a review or some stars on iTunes that always helps in those like analytics so that more women can see this podcast and hopefully listen in or share it with a friend. Um, I appreciate all your support. Thank you guys so much. And Deb, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Heather. It was so fun. All right, guys. Until next time.